You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Amy Trask of CBS Sports. Amy, always a pleasure. You know how passionate Raider fans can be based on your years as the CEO of the team. Do you think Marshawn Lynch's value transcends just football? We saw him getting the crowd involved as he was dancing on the sideline Sunday. and We know some of those fans aren't happy because the team is heading to Nevada in three years. Uh, absolutely positively there is a value that transcends what he does on the field and first of all thanks for having me man I always enjoy our conversations but your, your point is spot on and it's something I've spoken to before I do believe and I did believe going into the season and we've now seen it borne out that that he will contribute on the field of play but that said his contribution uh, transcends that this is a team that is leaving the market in which it's currently playing and it's an interesting situation because it's as if the organization said, um, the analogy, I guess, is one spouse says to the other, I'm leaving you for someone I love more, and I'm going to build a dream home with that person and move into it. We're working on it, but while we're building that dream home, I'm going to stay here and live with you. It's, it's, a, it's a rough situation for fans um, in the Bay Area, and Marshawn is beloved in Oakland. He's from Oakland. He contributes to the community in Oakland. He went to my alma mater, Cal. He does things for the team off the field as well. Yeah, I mean, it's good to speak with you, and you're everything right about what he's doing for that community. And, and when you know your team is leaving, it's somewhat like it's almost like a Band-Aid that's covering up the wound just a little bit, right, for the moment, which is it's kind of having that out-of-sight, out-of-mind experience through joy and excitement and enthusiasm and to see him on the jump on the jumbotron Marshawn Lynch dancing just took I guess that excitement to another level to where I guarantee you probably as of now you don't have too many people talking about Vegas and when this team is actually going to leave because they're having so much fun because of players like you've just mentioned the beloved child there in that part of the country uh, Marshawn Lynch I, I do think, Cordell, you know, it's notwithstanding that you still owe me a fourth down, it's always wonderful to chat with you and to hear your I'm voice. And no, I'm not over you. it. No, I'm not going to get over it. But it's all in good spirit as good sports. But give me my damn fourth down. Um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I was sort of inarticulate about it, and you did a much nicer job than I. Do I believe he can help that team on the field? Absolutely, yes, and we've seen that. Do I believe that in signing him, um, it was a salve or a balm for the, the disappointed fans in that marketplace who are heartbroken that their team is leaving. Yes, I do. You know, he is beloved in that community. He contributes to that community. He is part of that community. He went to college in that community. It, it was a, a business signing as much as a football signing. Amy Trask of CBS Sports is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Amy, always helpful to have someone who has a law degree like yourself as we try to make sense of the Ezekiel Elliott case from a standpoint of procedure. How much does Roger Goodell personally have on the line based on that initial ruling from the judge in Texas that the appeals process lacked fundamental fairness? Well, um, I'll, I'll answer that in a couple ways. That was a very very strong ruling from that judge, as you just pointed out to listeners. Um, it is not often that a judge will go to that length um, to hammer a point home as strongly as the judge did. But that said, I don't believe it is Roger-specific. 
It is to the league as a whole and the league office as a whole and the league processes as a whole. And whether that's Linda Friel or others in the office, it's yes, Roger is the commissioner and his name is at the top of the letterhead and the criticism and opprobrium is directed to him. But I think the issue is the league as a whole, not it's unfair to say it's simply Roger. Amy, when you look at the AFC West, how excited are you um, as someone that's been a part of that division for some time to see the Denver Broncos playing as good as they are? The Kansas City Chiefs with Alex Smith is just playing out of his mind. And then, of course, Oakland is doing what they're doing. Is this probably and, – and then you look at the Chargers. I mean, they're a couple plays away of, from truly right. being undefeated. I mean, is this is the most competitive we've ever seen this AFC West division be, considering that all four teams are really, really playing really good football. It's just one. Hadn't gotten a win yet. Um, well, you know, you're, you're at, your analysis is spot on. Um, three of the teams are have, have the wins to show for their efforts, but – a couple plays away is absolutely right. Um, if that final field goal isn't blocked in Denver, San Diego goes to overtime. Who knows who wins that game? And then we saw what happened last week. You know, the AFC West, and, and you are absolutely right, Cordell. My heart has always been with and will always be with the AFC West. Um, there have been times where it has been just this competitive, and I think it's a lot of fun to see and a lot of fun with the league. Um, I'm really intrigued, fascinated, maybe the better word, um, with the lack of national attention on the Kansas City Chiefs. And this goes back to last season. The Chiefs won that division fair and square by beating the Raiders twice. And yet all the attention was on the excitement about the Raiders. And I understand that. The Raiders are an exciting team, an explosive team. But people in the AFC West and otherwise, just ask the Patriots, had better watch out for Kansas City because they did win that division last year fair and square. Amy, we know the bulk of the league revenue comes from media deals, but from a standpoint of optics, is it a challenge to see plenty of empty seats at Levi's Stadium, L.A. Coliseum, elsewhere, for a variety of reasons? Um, you know, obviously it's a challenge, and I think um, you mentioned Levi's and, and the L.A. Coliseum, and I'll, I'll look at them in two different respects. Um, my view is, and my understanding, my view is that the league should be far more concerned about what's going on at Levi's than at, at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum, and here's why. Levi's is a brand-new stadium into which a lot of resources were poured And the fact that that stadium is as empty as it is should be a much greater concern. And the reason I say that is this. Um, I I live in Los Angeles, as you know. I grew up in Los Angeles. A couple things about this market. People want to be where they need to be to see and be seen. Uh, When the Raiders were in Los Angeles, our highest demand for tickets was once we announced a game was sold out. And the Rams are playing in a stadium that was built in night or finished, I should say, in 1923. That building is almost 100 years old. And yes, there have been improvements to it. But Los Angeles has not had a new football stadium in almost 100 years. If a new stadium goes in of the magnificence that, that Stan Kroenke has indicated we will see in Inglewood, and it remains empty, 
that's a problem like what the league is seeing in Santa Clara. I don't think the league should panic until that new stadium is up. Is that probably why we see the Chargers not having the StubHub Stadium of only twenty-eight to 29,000 people not filled up yet because they're not buying into a, a soccer venue uh, when it comes down to showing up? Or is it just bad football play by the new L.A. Chargers? You know, a heck of a question, Cordell, and it'll be interesting to see what happens if and when the Chargers start winning this season or otherwise, and, and they will at some point. Um, and, and they're just so bitten by that injury bug, you know, at some point they'll get past that as well. Um, the Chargers have an interesting situation. They, they have an opportunity in that stadium, which is far, far smaller than anything else, to invert the supply and demand ratio, but they're going to have to attract new fans because clearly their fans from San Diego have not given any indication whatsoever that they want to follow them to Los Angeles. Amy, great information as always. Thanks for another visit on the NFL on TuneIn. How does Cordell repay you that fourth down? Is it PayPal? How does the transaction occur? (laughs) I'm not sure, Cordell, that we shouldn't line up and replay the down. We were owed that fourth down. Maybe we, no, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. Amy, there will be hamstrings pulled all over my body, okay? (laughs) Hamstrings that run up my back, I do. You'll find out I have hamstrings in my back, too. Can settle it with is an enormous, enormous, and I do mean enormous ice cream sundae the next time I see you uh, okay. with lots of flavors and lots of toppings. And then, thank you as always for having me on. I love our chit chat. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.